This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Davis, you are listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Keith Dover with me this Woo. evening. How are you, Keith? I'm fine, Alan. And yourself? You well? Not too bad, mate. Keith has been supporting Arsenal since 1887. That's absolutely correct, Alan. And as you know, Arsenal have been at the forefront of major campaigns and charities and working in the community. And I can remember during the, the 20s, we were very much against the trafficking of nipples. Um, back then, in the Roaring Twenties, it was very popular. It was a very hedonistic time for mm-hmm. celebrities to buy a nipple off a poor person and have it grafted onto themselves. Wow. You know, Ernest Hemingway allegedly had about 15, you know, yeah. nipples, you know, uh, Charlie Chaplin. It was just a very popular thing. And we campaigned against the trafficking of nipples. I mean, for Spurs fans, it was a boon. But being that they were born with three or four, they could equally, you know, just give out a free nipple. Yeah, yeah. You know, or sell. It was the selling of the nipples. So we we were very much against the trading of men's nipples. Okay, can you... Don't say nipples again, okay? (laughs) Listen, this is why, you know, you have to confront these issues, Al. You can't hide from them. You know, you've got to look at them head on and say, right, this has got to stop. And thankfully, I was one of the people to, you know, campaign against that. What was the campaign catchphrase? Stop those nipples being sold. Don't say nipples again. (laughs) (laughs) David Harris is here. Hello. Hello. I'm slightly. ah. The light is shining off your board. Yes. I'm going to try and the find some talcum powder. Light is shining. Is that an LED? Have you got a dimmer? No, Maybe a dimmer would help. It's really bright, isn't it? <laughs> it is bright. Go by candlelight. It makes you look. Candlelight. Yeah. Even that. Even that's. I'm still. No, you're all right. Yeah, that's better. Does make you look borderline albino. Nothing against albinos, though. They're lovely people, but you know, you look very white. 
<laughs> oh, this is a good lovely start. <laughs> lovely bunch. <laughs> Great lads, your they're albinos. Re- they're regular people. Yeah. yeah, regular, just like yeah, just like uh, ourselves. Well, it's lovely to see you, gents. When, when did we last do this, and uh, why? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we I think it was I was, before Christmas. This is the second Tuesday Club podcast of the season. We've been podcasting about Arsenal now for 15 years. And uh, really, we went a bit dry last year. We didn't bother. And uh, <laughs> now we're back in. Yeah. Uh, just at the moment of sort of combination of great triumph and now the sense of impending doom. <laughs> <laughs> Because the weekend's victory over Liverpool was both uh, the dawn of something magical and a false dawn at the same time. Discuss. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, it was interesting that we, the last one we did, we had been going very, very well. And then we seemed to bring on a little bit of a slump. Uh, I'm not saying that we were to blame for said... No, nothing to do with that. Slump. Yeah. But, well, the slump uh, started, at, started no. at Newcastle, didn't it, with the... Was yeah, the we ball- were cheated there. Absolutely yeah. cheated. Absolute disgusting and disgraceful. And I use that word in the Spanish meaning, which <laughs> yeah. means VAR is a total bunch of cunts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we Newcastle. were robbed at Villa by a yeah, filthy Villa, Villa, rotten yeah. decision. That was a robbery. Yeah. But it has to be said, we weren't scoring enough goals in those games. But the last three games, we scored 10 goals and we annihilated Liverpool at the weekend. Wasn't it marvellous? Wasn't it marvellous? And Jurgen Klopp's last visit, we didn't, we were so happy we didn't even get this to sing, you'll never play you again. Never (laughs) play you again. Never play you again. Again! Never play again. We didn't even get to sing that to the old Bigfoot, the old Sasquatch down there. No. A man who has never been accused of over-celebrating, despite monumentally over-celebrating after every victory he's ever had. Redefining. Now, I'm, I'm using the phrase over-celebrating, and I, I would like to say there's no such thing. It doesn't mean anything. Because who can define how much you should celebrate? And what is a celebration? Wandering around the pitch... Thanking the fans for their support, jumping up and down if you score a goal. What's what's what? What do they mean? It's not like we suddenly threw a party, was it? It wasn't wasn't confetti cannons and clowns and go go dancers. Yeah, everyone just having like sixty thousand lines of Charlie drop from the ceiling, (laughs) and we're bang on it all twenty four hours on Suicide Tuesday. I mean, what is over celebrating? You've seen a nightclub or two in your time, David. You know what people do when they're up for it. (laughs) Yeah, and they don't they don't watch the manager run up and down and then quietly go to the pub. I mean, really, that is what we did. We went to the pub. Is that over-celebrating? We didn't go into Trafalgar Square and get in the fountains. What are they on about? <laughs> this is the thing that gets me with, with the pundits. I mean, with Liverpool, you get the usual wrong manager crap, old cop, or isn't it marvellous, eh? <laughs> Carla Lane bread, for a Murphy! You get that with every day. They worked for a storm. They yeah, they worked for a storm 15 minutes from the end when there was a massive fire drill in the way end because they but, were having their asses handed to them. Yeah. And, and Martin Erdegaard, uh, how he picked up and held a camera and oh, took some comedy oh, snaps to shoot McFarlane after he'd run about 38 miles in the game. The full-time whistle, him and Declan Rice nearly blacked Jorginho, we were sure, was going to go straight on a drip. He'd run too far. <laughs> he was, he was we outran them, we outpassed them, we outfought them, and we scored three goals and play, And it was a fantastic win. They are a very difficult team to beat. And they've, they've had the better of us for a few years. It's been a long rivalry with Liverpool. 
under Wenger, we were on top. Of course, they were on top of everyone for a long period when we were growing up. They've been un- on top under Klopp the last few years. It's slightly turning, you know. Klopp's leaving. We don't know who they'll get. Arteta's doing well with our boys and they're on the up. So we feel like it's a big moment. And when Trossard put that through his legs oh. at the end, that was really, the game was on the knife edge. They yeah, could yeah. have pinched a draw then. They've done it to us many times. Last minute equalisers. They have done it to us many, many times. And I, I honestly thought that was, the euphoria at that third goal was entirely understandable. The place was rocking. There is no library down there anymore. And people want to point the finger they don't like it. I don't think they should let Carragher near a microphone if Liverpool are lost. No, it's, just, it's completely so irrational. So he bitter. always sounds stupid and boring and long-winded. And for God's sake, has he got a job? Gary Neville can bore off. Rio Ferdinand is just thick. Richard Keyes is a cunt. So really, <laughs> who are you going to listen to? Chris Sutton, the grumpy old man of football. He's nowhere near good enough to play for Arsenal or Liverpool. So what's he doing talking about them? All of them can shut the F up. I'm not, I'm not swearing today. Well, oh, sorry. Apart from Richard Keyes. Richard Keyes. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they all work for television or radio and they forget that they're actually part of the entertainment business and football is about entertaining. So when you've won a major game like that, what the players go up, they wave to the fans. As you say, Odegaard, he knows the club cameraman. He goes, here, give us your camera. I'll take a photograph of you, mate. And what? And Carragher wants him to just run down to the... Oh, get the down tunnel? the tunnel. You've got three points. Yeah, oh, so bitter. Why don't you piss so off? Bitter. Why don't you sew up your mouth with a very blunt and rusty <laughs> needle, please? Yeah, and gobble at some children. Spat at a girl. Yeah, yeah. gobble at a child. <laughs> Throw a coin into the, into the junior gunners section. Yeah, go back to your old ways. We liked you when you were just a violent, nasty thug, and now you yeah. are a boring pundit, and you've reined in your violent tendencies. I bet yeah. you ran over a few dogs on the way out. Allegedly. What is it? The thing is, Sky, it's also, this is what Sky have done. It's them, you know, the way they package, uh, like, highlights and clips to be dynamic and there's always a camera in the crowd. Everywhere they go, you put the camera in the face of, you know, the fans and they will do what, you know, and they're really excited to be on telly as well as just having scored. And it's... It's the same with, you know, it's the same with overanalyzing every VAR decision. These are all things that are uh, the byproduct of Sky's coverage for the last 15, 20 years. Of course, and- they hype it, hype it right up. Mm. Yeah. I mean, in the end, in the end, the only thing really I think that's wrong with football at the moment, football right now as we speak in 2024, are those webuyanycard.com oh. adverts with Micah Richards. <laughs> Never. And I speak as from personal experience <laughs> as one man looked like such a massive cock in a series of adverts. <laughs> really, it's about the, the, the people alongside Awful. him. Think, Who is this bloke? Why is he here? Awful. They, what that webuyanycard, by the way, is a rip-off. We all know it is. And if you're selling <laughs> Car on there, you're a damn fool. <laughs> but I like everything else. I can't believe he did it because I like My- Micah Richards. Jeez, you like Micah? He is the leading apologist for sports washing. He is the front man for Manchester City, <laughs> the jolly front man for, for financial irregularities on an industrial scale. Allegedly. For allegedly <laughs> paying people yeah. off the books for a decade, for building a massive football club on some corrupt accounting scheme, which they will never be held accountable for. And we still 
stand here now. We sit here, in fact. I am. Well, oh, da- we shouldn't go down this route. You We're know going we- there. We know what's going to happen. Is they're going to come past us on the home straight? We know that's what's going to happen. Well, yes. They're going to come past us on the home straight. It's not going to be between Arsenal and Liverpool. It's going to be this super club. This super club that's the head club of a massive group of super clubs that exchange players and coaches and are grown into some sort of virus that's infesting all the leagues and all of football and no one seems able to do anything about it and you can have 115 charges and when will they ever be discussed or resolved? Never, apparently. Everyone else will get relegated. They'll be the only team left in the Premier League. They'll just have their own league. That's all they want, I well, think, is their own league. Well, if it so was they've us. won nine in a row, ten in a row, is it now, in all competitions and they'll come pelting up the outside with Erling Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne and win another title and we'll just have to say, oh, well, we had a couple of great days down the Emirates. <laughs> Boy, did we over-celebrate by going to the pub <laughs> and having some Guinness. <laughs> you know, we were saying, if it was us being done for financial fair play, we'd be in the Norwegian third division, wouldn't we? We really would. <laughs> you say we were saying, you were saying that. Well, I was saying that. I was yeah, there's believe- something about the Norwegian third division, you were so really... You were really on that. It's a very attractive league, Al. It's much They've done Everton, right? They've done Everton 10 points, and they're talking about doing them again. Yeah. Forest. But Man City, they cannot pin these people down. So it's horrible. It's really horrible. Uh, The only way around it is for us to go up to Man City and beat them. And that really is, that's the holy grail of modern football, Mm, going up there. I mean, in the end, the reason we fell short last year, apart from a little spell where we had three draws on the spin. Oh, God, they've blown it. Three draws, one of them at Anfield. The other one in the London derby. Yeah, it was a bad result home to Southampton, but... Oh, you've blown the league, you bottlers, you're a bottle job, you've blown it. Oh, yeah, well, we've got 80-something points. We were top for months. It's really hard, you know, and the reason we lost it was because they battered us home and away. We lost it last year because the Queen died. Everyone knows that. (laughs) Massive (laughs) plot against the Arsenal. (laughs) And the irony is she's a gooner. I mean, or was a gooner, you know. So how did she die? Maybe she's going to orchestrate things. From the other side. Oh, that's But I would love it if we beat them. I would love it if we beat them. I would love it if we beat them. Yeah. Some people are saying to me, what do you think of this? That we might be better off concentrating on the Champions League, because famously that's easier to win. (laughs) Done well in that. But because possibly because teams come and have a go, right, in the Champions League, because in their own league, whoever they are, they're doing very, very well. They're full of confidence. They're, They're finishing high up the table, if not champions every year. We saw it with, with Lons at the Emirates. We saw it with PSV. They come and have a go. And we absolutely battered both of them, as well as beating Seville home and away. Now we've got Porto. I think we can knock Porto out, and then suddenly we're in the last eight. So it sort of slightly depends how the draw pans out. Yeah. We could do it by Munich and Man City facing off or Real Madrid and something. You know, get someone out of the road, as Ferguson used to say. But then maybe the way teams play and it might suit us a bit. Yeah. Because I, I felt like Liverpool, they, they, you know, they're confident. They've got really good players. They can play. They want to come and have a game of football. So it gave us a chance. If we outran them, outplayed them, which we did, we absolutely battered them in midfield. It was just fantastic to watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, to be honest, we should have still won the FA Cup. I mean, we battered them in that, and yet we couldn't put the ball in the net. Thankfully, this time, despite the fact that Saka missed a, a very good chance early on, we didn't let it affect us. And then we got the goals. I mean, we did bring them back in with a ludicrous equaliser, which, you know, it was a freak goal. No, I'm told I'm not allowed to 
Blow a gasket about the goalkeeper situation. Okay. Well, right. It's well, unhelpful. Okay. A uh, couple of things. going to blow. He's going <laughs> to blow. A <laughs> couple of things. <laughs> I'm quite glad we're out of the FA Cup, if I'm honest. And yeah. Are oh, you? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I'm quite okay. glad we're out. Why? Just Why is that? Because Cause we could... Southampton at home we'd have in the fifth round because we could be because uh, we might win the Champions League I, I'm alright for this year uh, being out of that we haven't got a big enough squad to do all three so I'm alright with that um, those goals you'd rather have the points in the league Saliba Saliba was like, I just watched the Nottingham Forest game I just caught up on the highlights to remind myself uh, doing my homework and he was kind of at fault for the partly at fault for their late goal, and I think oh, he was. That's harsh. I know that I guy what, is a that guy is a unit. He's I mean, brilliant. he just he's he amazing. just bumps him off the ball, didn't he? Yeah, but I just think because I, I know you're that about- guy because he's got so many syllables in his surname, and I'm not <laughs> confident. But the big right. centre forward that Forrest have got, yeah. I don't think he's at fault there. Saliba, he just got barged. Yeah, but Saliba's never been. He's never been at fault for anything. Even when he scored an own goal in his first season, it was sort of stylish. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I adore the man. I think he's. Well, do you think he was at fault for Liverpool's goal on Saturday? I think he kind of was. It's, it's like because I, I'm only saying it because I thought you were just about to blame Raya for both of those. I, th- goals. I think the pair of them. Oh, no, were no, both no, I'm at talking fault. about the FA Cup. Raya was chronically at fault for yes. Liverpool's goal at the weekend. I mean, chronically at fault. But I mean, I just can't understand it. I thought if there was ever a moment for Arteta to actually act on this bollocks he spouted about, I'd like to change the goalie during the game. No, you wouldn't. You're never going to do that. You're absolutely full of shit. But that was the moment to do it because yeah. that was a chronic error. We just got one up. We were playing well and that let them back in right on half time and they started the second half quite positively, if you remember. And yeah, they yeah, they subs were. On, yeah. on the hour and it was looking a bit hairy and it's only when we got the second goal, which was Alisson's ricket, where he got his foot kind of caught on Van Dijk's hip yeah. and missed his clearance. So just a bit of luck for us, Martinelli... Forced it, I think. He's fan- had a fantastic game down the left. Mm, but that moment, Saliba's sh- shepherding the ball back. He's being harassed by Liverpool forwards, who are all very lively, very quick. And he's he's just waiting for Raya to come forward and dive on that ball. And he just didn't come. Yeah. If, he, if he'd known he wasn't going to come, if Raya had said to him, I'm not coming for that, mate, you're on your own, he'd have towed it out for a corner. And then probably picked picked him up by the throat, you know, like the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But I, yeah, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't like to say, "Ew!" Or if Ramsdale had been there, but I think if Ramsdale had been there, he'd have dived on that ball. It's definitely Jens Lehmann would. Yeah, he'd no, have no. just dived on that ball. That ball was there for the goalkeeper. Even to if come he wasn't in goal, he'd have got. He'd it, just it, go- he would have. It reminded me of the awful moment when we played Birmingham City. Can you believe oh. it in the League Cup final when Koscielny and, oh, yeah, very, and Chesney yeah. had a very similar thing? And you're waiting for Chesney to grab the ball. Saliba couldn't touch it because it's a back pass. So it's a goalkeeping error, I'm afraid. It's not the first one this season. No, right. there you are. I mean, it's a lot. It's a boring debate, isn't it? It's been talked to death. My, my opinion's unchanged. Is that I think Ramsdale's a better keeper, but uh, well, that's my opinion means nothing, does it? It doesn't matter. Uh, no, um, I, 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 I'm gradually feeling more confident about Raya, and I do think those throws out that uh, unleash Martinelli on the left. 
there's something yeah. in that. And there those is something. Yeah, no, he you does. Know, he likes to do that. And it was interesting the way they were set up at the weekend because we played without a striker. Yeah. We sort of made a virtue of not having one or not having, he doesn't like Eddie, obviously he's gone off Eddie. And Jesus was injured. So he put Saka and Martinelli wide and he had a big a kind of a square block of four in midfield. Two tens. Yeah. I mean, he had Erdegaard and Havertz and behind them, Jorginho and Rice. And it was a bit of a little square in the midfield. Yeah, yeah. We haven't really done that before. No. And I thought Zinchenko kept coming inside. He had quite a good half before he went off injured. I thought it was Kivior's best half in an Arsenal shirt. Very good, yeah. But I have to say, uh, that is largely down to the absence of... Mohamed Salah down yes. the right. I was very glad not to see him there. As I was very glad not to see Rodri and De Bruyne when we beat Man City. And, and we just, you feel like you need those little bits of luck, certain players not being available in big games. A couple of things like that have got to go our way. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. For us to win it. Yeah. yeah. I Trossard, though, uh, I'd love that goal he scored. I mean, he beat two players. He's running down, and you're thinking, was he going to take it into the corner, waste a bit of time? He's got no one to pass it to. And you're looking at Odegaard and Saka, you think, come on, get in there. And then he goes for goal, because that's the only option he had, really, by then. And he buried it. I mean... His technical ability is yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. He, he reminds me a little bit of um, Alexis Sanchez. Mm. In the, his, his mastery of the ball and his balance and his ability to twist and turn and kind of... He doesn't look really like he's going to be a superstar footballer. He looks like a kind of regular player. Yeah. But the way he can... He seems to know where people are and he can work his way around opponents. And like Sanchez, he's full of little feints and checks and body swerves and shoulder drops. And little, and so many dummies in his armoury. Yeah. And that was right in front of us that moment. And he spun round, played it one side of the guy, went, and then just set off. He's quick. Down that left-hand side. And he leathered that. He hit that so hard. Yeah. He's and very again, calm. The- He's very calm. And he there was another incident um, in that sort of later bit where he took the ball, sprinted out, just took it to safety and killed a couple of minutes. I think he's really, really good at mm. that. I think he's really good at I mean, you know, listen, we don't know how the season's going to go, but I'll, I'll tell you, know, we had a great year last year. People said, yeah, we bowled it at the end, but... We had a brilliant season and, you know, I'd rather be where we are now than 16, 18 points behind, which we were for years in the past. You, you knew the season was be over by now. I mean, we'd be basically in Chelsea's position or hovering, hovering around fifth place. <laughs> Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sorry, you mentioned Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> you got to laugh, haven't you? <laughs> they don't seem to be, their fans. Who? Their fans Chelsea. don't seem to be laughing. <laughs> There was a very good. There's a very it's good thing. It's so they, lovely, isn't it? Yeah, they, someone edited together. There's a, a a Chelsea YouTuber or something, and it's edited him go talking about Pochettino, and he starts off going, "Pochettino is the second coming. This is it. We, you know, forget about the Tottenham stuff. This is it. We are turning round. He's the man." And just gradually. Still, he kept going. He kept positive for quite a while. And then he's a fraud. And, uh, yeah, he's just a Tottenham fraud. Very funny. Yeah. Oh, it's marvellous. It's marvellous being able to laugh at them. 
It really is. They are a shower of shit. They are. <laughs> Having said that, I've got the telly on in the background and they're winning the White Villa in the FA Cup, but we don't care about the FA Cup, right? No, we exactly. I do. I think about the FA Cup side. It was, it was bloody lovely to see Ramsdale back in goal. And he was fantastic mm. in that game. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we, ne- we didn't get anyone in the January window. No. Um, despite the best efforts of all the various... Clip baiters online trying to get you to see which our superstar has agreed to join Arsenal. Um, we seem to perhaps have to sell someone. I believe that is the case. That's what everyone's I'm told. very nervous, aren't they? I mean, mm. I don't know whether Sky even did their big yellow sort of day of the sort of transfer oh, window yeah, deadline. They, they did all that. Did they? they I mean, did it all must that. Have been but really I mean, there dull. weren't any moves. Now everyone's uh, terrified of the. Of <clears throat> the financial penalties, and we've spent all our money. And again, you know, whether you, even if you wanted David Ryan to be your goalie, to do thirty million on him and leave yourself without any money to spend or any wriggle room at all in the window. I mean, he's done a hundred mil on Ryan and, and Kai Havertz, and, and if you could get Victor Osimhen as your number nine, that would seem to be a better use of that money. But I like Kai Havertz. Uh, I yeah. think he's tough and physical and he runs a long way and I do so there are moments where you, you get frustrated because he looks to have it all in his locker and then he, every time he gets the ball goes down the left you know nothing's going to come of it he's not going to get shot off he's not <laughs> going to ping it across I mean he delivers less than Lucas Podolski Lucas Podolski could really deliver from the left Yeah, his crosses were sensational and every now and then he'd lamp one in the top corner when he on the volley or some rocket but he's he does sort of make a nuisance of himself. So it, in in the end, he's a bit sort of Marouane Fellaini. He's just, just, just lump him in there and he's all elbows and knees and he wins the odd header. Yeah. He got Canate, who's an absolutely brilliant centre-half, I think. Yeah, I very think good. I think he's, fan, he's fantastic. They're talking about Virgil van Dijk coming to the end of his career. Canate can just take over. He's a monster. Oh, he was a great yeah. player, but he did actually get, give two yellow fouls away and, you know... He got suckered into it by Havertz, mm, didn't he, yeah, really? Yeah. And actually, the one where Havertz was trying, getting under that high ball and all he wanted to do was lay it off. I think it was Martinelli oh, coming down the left and Martinelli was in on goal and and, and Canati fouled him. So I thought that was a borderline red, actually, but because it it's, it denied a goal-scoring opportunity, but not to have it. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, when, that, when he burst through, and I loved that little move, the ball from Zinchenko, the little yeah, that, that little ball, um, and the pass from Odegaard uh, to put him Odegaard. through. And I have never been less confident that a striker was going to score than when Havertz went through one on one. But oh. but yeah, thank God for Bukayo. I, I tell yeah. you, one thing I noticed, I think the arc of frustration sort of came back into our game. I think the Forest game in particular. Uh, it we were back oh, in that the, very, very the sterile. Fulham game, mate. Oh, the, the Fulham, Fulham away yeah. game. What had gone oh, on there? Yeah. They had someone had put Mogadon in the punch. It was yeah. so depressing. It, yeah. Those two games against Fulham, where we've been in front in both of them and ended up with one point. Yeah, are so frustrating. But but we were that was back, and that sort of thing of just overthinking, overpassing, no one taking that risk. And and I can't remember who was doing co-coms, um, uh, but, you know, and they were saying, try a shot, you, you know. I do think, yeah, absolutely. Do, do and I, I must say, I think Jorginho really 
helps that because mm. he's a, there's an urgency about him in mm. wanting to get the ball out and go and assist people to get the ball out. You've got to remember this guy is top-level, elite-level midfielder. Chelsea paid £54 million for him, and I know they pay inflated fees, but... He is a, he's an exceptional midfielder and he's good for that. And it also means Declan Rice is not always, although he was still deep quite a lot against Liverpool, he's not always back there. Yeah. He can be a little bit ponderous picking it up off the back four. He's certainly not as good at that part of the game as Thomas Partey, who is the best. The absolutely getting it out the back four and on the half turn and quickly firing it out to someone. He buys you another half a second or a second. His, his distribution in his own half is fantastic and he's been a big miss. I mean, they're talking about him. They can't really trust him to be fit now, can they? He's started three Premier League games or something like that. And But, but Jorginho coming in, interestingly, he picked him against Liverpool and and against City when he obviously expected it to be difficult to retain possession and more even. So, good selection, I think, but I wonder if he'll pick him in the next guy. Yeah, well, yeah. This is we got a, West Ham, yeah. West Ham away, yeah. yeah. Is that, the, is that oh, I thought it was... So, it's West Ham, is it Saturday? West Ham away on Sunday. On Sunday, right, OK. I mean... If- not going. We well, lost to them twice this season. Mm-hmm. No, we're never going there again. No. We'll never go there again. We'll never go there again. We'll never go there again. Again. We'll never <laughs> No, no it was awful again. over there. No. We hated yeah. it. We hated every living second of it. We had a better okay. view of their pitch from my garden. <laughs> I always feel that when we Go to West Ham, it's like going to Alabama, the deep south, some kind of rural, backwards, inbred area that I never really want to go to. You know, some wild, desolate place with wild, desolate people who, despite their image of being good old boys, are just really horrible. You know, you know. You sure you're not talking about Narrow City? <laughs> it's just. Can it's we just, beat him, Keith? Can we get the points on Sunday? Can we oh, put we can, can we put the Romany curse behind well, us? <laughs> you said that. I... Um, we can, but we've got to go in there with the right levels of concentration, and that's what we were great. Great games, Liverpool. The commitment and the endeavour and mm, the work rate yeah. and all the rest of it. But will he get to go without striker again and do that kind of two wingers and four midfielders? And, uh, I, I was, Either it was tactical genius or just luck. I don't know. It, it, it really worked against Liverpool. David Moyes, though, does seem to have a bit of... I wouldn't say a complete hoodoo on us, but he does know how to set a team up against us to make it... Even when we get a win, we have to work hard at it. It's never an easy victory against West Ham. No, so that's, no. that's my concern. I think we've... You know, those the losses against Newcastle and Villa were really, really frustrating. Mm, And it seems to be that we'll go through a stage and someone will find us out. And and like you said, Moyes will know exactly how to stifle us, frustrate us and set up the team. And they're, they're very good at that West Ham. That West Ham team have been three or four years... Uh, together, they know what to do. But do you They've think, done all do, that. you know, you mentioned us, some people finding us out. The, the fact that people have been doubling up on Saka and Martinelli and they're very alive to them cutting in and this inverted winger role and cutting in onto their other foot 
Saka especially is finding it almost impossible to cut in and get a left foot shot off, which he was, was, was becoming his trademark. And and, they, and you say so you get frustrated and you think, well, move around then, go down the middle for a bit. Jesus go wide, Martinelli come across, swap over, go around the outside of the right back, do something different, mix it up. But actually, the way Erdegaard and Havertz played, because they were just a little bit deep, suddenly there was somebody there to occupy those mid opposition midfielders who were running across and doubling up. And it was a different way of distributing our, our players uh, on the pitch and it made it harder to double up. And the Martinelli had more space in that game than I think in any game this season. I think the way it was set up really allowed him to take the left-hand side of the pitch and dominate it completely. Um, but Trent had a really hard time against him. And he took Trent off in the end, didn't he? And he put yeah, Gomez yeah, they did. There. You know, when Martinelli first joined us, though, we was I was really worried, you know, because he was picking up a lot of injuries. He was a young lad. You're thinking, is this guy going to make it? And now, not only has he toughened up his pace, he's, he's really got it all now, isn't he? I mean, he just needs to score more goals, you know, and given the chances, he will get them, you know. Yeah, but well, I in just, the end, yeah. they've got, you know, he's got to get in the box to get those, hasn't he? But I think it was interesting that it was him running down the middle and challenging Van Dyke mm. because we weren't didn't really have a number nine. Havertz would go up there sometimes and challenge for a high ball, but not win any. So maybe Van Dyke just didn't expect it to be Martinelli there. And it yeah. was interesting to see him going shoulder to shoulder and you'd expect him to just bounce off Van Dyke, but actually it disturbed him and unsettled him. It was brilliant when that ball dropped to him and there was well, no Van Dyke did try Van Dyke was trying to wedge him out as well. I was looking back at it earlier and he Van Dyke is trying to sort of like ease him out of the way and give give free reign to Allison and they, they sort of just so he actually had an effect there. Um, I thought it was interesting how long... I mean, do you remember when in the Julia years when we used to sing Liverpool, hoof the ball? Hoof, yeah. Hoof, yeah. Yeah, they did go long. Uh, and we, were, we were going very, very long. Both teams was, did it, didn't they? And, and yeah. it's a way of turning you around and getting in behind you. They've got a lot of pace with Diaz especially. Oh, those two. Jota and Diaz Jota's really a real pain them. in the neck and he's, diff- he's, he a, he's a buzzy little nightmare of an opponent I don't you expect yeah. him to score I mean this is really interesting that Man City and Liverpool barely got a, an attempt on their goal in, you know in those two games at the Emirates we we dominated and, we got, and got six deserved points it's so f- bizarre that you could do that against these two absolute elite teams not just in the English football but in European football that we can do that to them and we got a good point at Anfield by the way so you know if it's if this is a European tie we're through right so that's that's not doesn't happen often for any team against Liverpool in recent years under Klopp I think Klopp's been outstanding for them and I think they could have had five leagues in a row if, wasn't, if it wasn't for you know no, what no, yeah the Terminators you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know there's a lot to commend us for we've got to just go do now what Man City do it's just you have to go and win at West Ham you just have to go there and win Get put that result behind you go again go and win work out a plan work, deploy your personnel and if it means that same system it really seemed to work as I say in getting Sacra and Martinelli getting that space back to them 
but I imagine that West Ham will be really, it'll be really low block, very physical, eleven behind the ball, banging it up to Jared Bowen, running the channels and all that. And I can't, I can't see it being an open game. No, no, unless we get no. an early goal, no. and they, you know, fingers crossed. Um, just going off the football thing. Did, did you, anyone have a clue what was going on at the Arsenal uh, half-time, the entertainment thing? There's, there seemed to be a load oh, of... Yeah, air. you might have to describe it to Well, there seemed to be listener. about five or six aerostesses. Uh, yes. Some large things where a flame occasionally shot out with they yeah, had numbers yeah. on. Yeah. And there was some sort of, I don't know, maybe some fans standing next to the aerostesses who had to kick a ball. Did, they, did the fans kick the ball, I or did the, did the Emirates girls kick the ball? There was a there was a three two one countdown. Then they all kicked the ball, and then someone we know not who or why won two free tickets to Dubai. Yeah, I mean, what? what right. I have no idea. Go, listen, give me a Tom Bowler any day of the week. <laughs> At least you know where you are with a tombola. Just yeah. air dude, yeah, or, spinning the thing, yeah. pull back the little doorway. It's, I mean, it's, it looks yeah. like one of those... Meat or fish. One of those daft things that UEFA have come up with. This is now the half-time entertainment and you're going to watch it even though nobody knows what the rules are and we're not going to explain it to you. you know? No. Yeah. No. Well, that's very much I, like VAR. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Have you heard the yeah. latest uh, UEFA? We can't, you know, think of anything better to do. Plan. So they're thinking now of having sort of timeouts in football. If the game's getting a little bit too heated, we're going to have to get the referee's going to blow the whistle and say, "Right, lads, calm down. Let's all get into our little safe space and relax." Because they're saying oh. some of the games are getting too heated and the officials are getting too much abuse. So the UEFA think tank. <laughs> So it's sort of like a naughty step. Like a naughty step, yeah. Of, yeah, they're going to have to oh, chill. Okay. I think it's just a, pr- yeah. a ploy to stop us getting what? down the pub after the game. Yeah, do they it's, think it's that's one of those going to thi- play with the fans in the stands? Oh, we're going to love it. <laughs> you know, just get on with it. You know. Well, it, it, I'd love it when they go, oh, and no one wants to see that. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, do. Yes, do. No one wants to see a big fight. I love to, to see, see millionaires hit each other. You can't think of anything yeah. better, can you? If I, if I said to exactly. you, Alan, Damien, there's a couple of millionaires punching the shit out of each other, Alan. You go, where? Come on, let's go and watch. Well, as Danny Baker used to say, what this game needs is an off the ball chinning. Yes. <laughs> My favourite exactly. off the ball chinning, I don't know if you remember it. Uh, was talking about Arsenal West Ham Peter Nicholas on uh, Ray Stewart now I'm going back a long time I'm going back could be 40 years that's how good it was right uh, Ray Stewart slid in he was a hard Scottish fullback Peter Nicholas was our tough tackling Welsh midfielder and because Ray Stewart was down on one knee making a slide tackle Nicholas with his back to the ref punched him in the face while he was down on one knee it was absolutely <laughs> magnificent <laughs> took the opportunity to oh that's Stuart <laughs> no one wants to see that since Sadio Mane left Liverpool there isn't anyone around and he's just going to willfully elbow a full back in the face and get away with it or bite people yeah. like Suarez used to do <laughs> Suarez used to bite yeah <laughs> Well, um, <laughs> that's <laughs> unbelievable. They all come out wearing Suarez shirts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, in his Christ language, that. it means something else. Yeah, <laughs> something does it? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you can't celebrate with the cameraman, but you can bite people. That's what I that's fine. Well, I didn't really. care yeah. about her. I didn't know what Erdogan was doing with a camera. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it's just a, I Tyo's got, got slightly annoyed with me that I want to wait until Martin Erdegaard's come off before we go down the pub. Oh, but really? I, th- I love that Martin Erdegaard does that. I love that he goes around the whole ground. He's the last one. And I just feel obliged to stay and clap him off. He's got and, a nice you know. character, isn't he? So a friend of mine knew somebody who works out in Dubai and um, I, can't, I don't know exactly what the connection was, but Cut a long story short, they got to watch um, some of the Arsenal training sessions during the warm weather training camp they had in Dubai. Oh, and okay. uh, he said it was fascinating to watch them. And um, he said Erdegaard, apart from being absolutely fantastic at all the drills and second to none at virtually everything and anything that requires balance and close control, is no, no one can ma- match him. But apart from that, apparently he was just laughing throughout just finds yeah. everything very amusing, just a very happy, cheeky, funny sort of a bloke, very relaxed, and yet runs himself into the ground, wins so many tackles for a creative midfielder. Mm. That's an astonishing number of ball-winning situations or influencing the play so that a bad pass is made or any way you can disrupt the opposition. He is at the forefront of it. I think it was, a, a of all the things Arteta's done... I think making him the captain was a masterstroke. Mm. Uh, for a long time, we wondered who the captain was going to be. There was a period, wasn't there, under Unai Emery, where he said we've got five captains. Then for a while, Aubameyang was the captain. Oh, it, was, it never seemed like a candidate to lead anything. And yeah, and but here, here he is. He really is someone who. He enjoys being the leader of the team and he enjoys leading the relationship with the fans. I've never had a player wave at us so much, telling us to sing more, but yeah, that's part of his makeup. And And he suits that role in the same way that Arteta suits the role of leading the club. He wants to lead the club. He wants to take the fans on a journey. He wants to lead the players into battle. He wants to be the one who's butting heads with the ref and the opposition managers and the media. He wants to take that job and do that job. And and, yeah. and he's and he's doing it. And and if you know what, you know you're doing something right when everyone's pissed off with you, mm. when everyone's moaning at you and slagging you off and saying making petty little quibbles about you, which make no sense, embarrassing themselves with their bleating and their whining and their whinging, and the same old mm. faces come out. Nah, nah, nah. It's always the same wankers like Keys. You know you're doing oh. something right. You know that yeah. Arsenal are back. They're winning games. They're competing and beating the top teams. We've got a fantastic playing squad, mainly very young, and and it's great to be there. You do. It's just such a shame, and I'm sure this is what Liverpool fans have felt for the last few years. That there's this financial situation in the league that hasn't been addressed, and you feel like you're not on the level playing field. But we're loving it down there. We're loving that. Yeah. It's not just that they try hard. They can really play these kids. They can really play. Some of the talent on show is fantastic and, and it's a joy to watch them. Cheers to them. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got Reese and Eddie, you know, they came on against uh, Crystal Palace. They they gave it a go, you know, and, and Eddie, Eddie could have easily tried to score himself, but he set up uh, Martinelli because 
I believe um, we scored two goals right at the end of the uh, Crystal Palace game. Some yes. of us see all the goals. I can't say you left. No, you didn't have a ballet rehearsal, did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know one of my children had a ballet rehearsal allegedly. to get to. And this, uh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. You call me a liar. Have you fallen for the old ballet ploy again? That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> Do you know what was so funny when you left? Yes, yeah, so I left uh, listener. What Keith's referring to here? And he's rubbing my so nose, just isn't it? Grassing him up. <laughs> trying to make me feel bad. Was we, I had to leave the Bristol Palace game early to take my children to their waiting mother in order that one of them could attend a ballet rehearsal. And Arsenal had the cheek to put in goals in not only the 94th minute, but the 95th minute as well. Now, we saw the fourth one on the big telly on the concourse, which so that was fine. We enjoyed that. And then on the steps and the way out, we could hear cheering. I thought, are they showing the replay? They can't have scored again already. That was actually, by the way, a, a Excellent pass from Jorginho, who had a good cameo in that game too. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what was so funny? As you left, I said, will it be funny? I didn't say one goal if we scored two goals, never thinking it was going to come true. And, yeah. and then, of course, when we was walking back to oh, the pub... Oh, you really think this is hilarious, don't you? <laughs> You're really enjoying it's it. It's been the same thing we were all oh, so I've <laughs> sat there through so much shit over the years. Martinelli gets in and bangs a couple in and I'm on the steps holding my young child's hand and you you are just a cat thief just a cat thief (laughs) yes I'm going back to the cat thieving (laughs) to remind everyone of your character What's this? Kev stole his neighbour's cat. I did not. We rescued him. Yes, you did. You lured it in and you locked the door. (laughs) Oh, I listened to that. You're not wrong. It's not true. Maybe you're not wrong, you know. I did not know this. Yes, we did. Yes, you did. They had the option to take it back. But we already succumbed to it. Our Palace game was weird, though, wasn't it? Because we were two up at half-time and we hadn't had a shot. It was really odd. Yeah. And also, Palace, they were... I mean, they were three 0 down. They didn't even have an attempt. And why did they? I can't. Something happened behind the scenes with Vieira, right? Something happened mm. with one of his coaching staff. There was some row. It's something internal. There's been it's some of it's leaked out a bit online, and they got rid of him. And I find it really baffling. Really, I do. He's there aren't many black managers as it is. He's he's fantastic. Every time he got them playing really well, he built a new young team. He spoke really well to the media. He's greatly respected throughout the world, and they binned him off for some internal dispute. Thought surely, given their side have got they had six black subs and eight black players on the pitch. Do you think that Patrick Vieira might talk to these guys in a way that might get them going? I mean, it just seemed like a weird thing to do, to not sort that out, given the makeup of their playing squad, given his legendary status and how much they were playing for and respected him. It seemed like such a backward step to go back to old boy. And these, they, they really just aren't playing for him. They're not trying, Palace. It's killing yeah. their fans. Well, no, I mean, it's as a stopgap, it made sense, but As a stop spend cap, yeah. the rest of the season trying to find Gary Neal. Could you imagine if, you know, there's there's a lot of young managers. Yeah, who, he's done a know, brilliant job at Wolves, hasn't he? A brilliant Gary job. Neal, mm. If Gary Neal there, and they've got such a wealth of talent in South London, you know, they've probably got the pick of you know, a lot of that because Chelsea are just 
buying up, spending money on anyone, you know, um, spending money like it's going out of fashion. And so, you know, they would have had the pick of South London quality kids. Um, and it just doesn't make sense. That's the weird bit. And they didn't necessarily well, they've got, they've have to go and spend loads of money. Etsy, haven't they? I'd say, yeah, there was a moment in that game when Etsy was very good on the ball. You know, you know you're in trouble when Henry Winter says he played well because you know he's missed something. That bloke, he's, he, he, and he probably spends <laughs> half the game looking in the mirror. But Etsy tried a little Zidane spin on the ball, lost it to Saka, and we went down the other end and scored. And it was on Etsy. And not only did he lose the ball casually on the halfway line, he didn't run back for it. The Arsenal players just ran away from him. Now, I don't want to point mm. a finger at him. He's a really talented kid and he's got a future and all the rest of it. But he's just not trying. Mm. I mean, he needs he needs to be dropped well, after that. Hang on. I think he has suffered from some injuries and they do seem to be playing him through these injuries. I mean, wasn't he taking... Well, they, they, that was Elise. They played. A, they put Elise on at half-time at the weekend when they were three down. Yeah. What's, he, what's he going to do? Score four? Yeah. Pointless. This game's gone. You know, take as Roy Keane would say, take your medicine, don't let it get embarrassing. Go to the next game and don't let that happen again. And then play Elise then when he was fit. It was a nonsense. <laughs> Hodgson's going blaming the medical going out in public and blaming the medical staff, but well, a bit of a mess over there. I don't yeah. like to see it. I quite like Palace mm. and I certainly don't want them going down. But it's a shambles there at the moment. Probably a managerial change in the summer. Roberta to Zerby. Down at uh, oh. your local team, Damien, is being touted oh, for every no. job going. Well, how do you feel yeah. about that in Brighton? Well, they were a bit, yeah. I mean, my friends were a bit nervous about the Klopp thing. So as soon as Klopp was announced, uh, and there were because I think he was fourth. Well, he you yeah, thought I think he was fourth, be on the short list. I think. I mean, I want it to be Stevie G. I mean. Stevie oh, G, yeah. get Stevie G yes. back in with Michael Owen as his assistant. I think that the scouts are hilarious, <laughs> yeah. aren't they? Come on, Jabby, yeah. come on. Jabby yeah. Alonso's yeah. destiny to manage Liverpool. No, it's his destiny <laughs> to manage Real Madrid, my friends, yes. I'm afraid. So it's Stevie G's <laughs> destiny to manage Liverpool. Stevie G's destiny to manage Liverpool. And that's what it, we all want to have. Can we get a online campaign or some sort of petition? Stay well out of it, mate. Yeah. Stay well out of it. Do not interfere in the internal affairs Yep. Liverpool FC is my advice to you, my friend. Okay. They're a magnificent football club, but, but they are second best to the mighty Arsenal. And on that note, <laughs> Bye. Uh, I'll see you next week. So,